0: You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Before we jump into today's show, we have some exciting news to share with you. Our brand new online community platform is now live. Get access to free on-demand in-depth training courses on topics like infinite banking, cryptocurrency, real estate investing, and much more just go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com. Or check out the show notes of this episode to find the direct link to request to join the community. Now,
1: on to the show. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today is Brian
2: Boger. Welcome, Brian. Man, I'm happy to be here with you. I just love that we get to roll and have some fun and when you take yourself uh, when you can learn to not take yourself so seriously, you can have a lot more fun in these moments, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I always, uh, I just kind of roll with these
1: things. There's probably going to be, uh, I'm going to stutter, stop, whatever, and just be an authentic, real and transparent. So, um, thank you for being on here and, uh, look forward to it. It's, uh, it's a little right after lunch in Phoenix and it's a little bit towards the end of the day here in Florida, but, uh, Uh, we'll, we'll get into what we're talking about with the heat, uh, here in a minute, but, um, Brian, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, what you do kind of, you know, just all of that.
2: Yeah. So I have to start with, uh, I'm a husband and father first period, end of story. Uh, it's the only thing binary in my world. Everything else exists somewhere in the gift of gray, but in this case, it's my wife and kids over anything. So uh, you know, and, I, and I'm one of those that is deeply fascinated in human performance and, and human behavior. And so though I say that about my family, I've always said that about my family, but it was a long time that my actions weren't necessarily congruent. And there's okay. lots that we will obviously unpack as it relates to you know, what I do and where I'm at today. But I'm starting to become known as a heart surgeon without a blade because I go inside and I help people identify and remove the trash from their past that no longer serves them but continues to show up as their biggest problems in business, relationships, health, and life. And wow. the reality of it is, is when I can do the work myself and understand it, I can become the man and the mirror. I'm the man in the work that I've done and the example that I cast and the mirror that I can reflect back to most of my clients with the trash from their past. You'll see where a lot of mine came from here in just a second, because there's a couple of stories around where a lot of my trash came from. But who I am is a man and a husband and a father who's just trying to leave my mark on the world by really having as great of an impact on reducing the level of suffering that exists on this planet as possible. We're on a mission to impact over a billion lives as fast as we can. And it won't be Brian Bogart's name, it's going to be collective impact. It's going to happen through a variety of ways, but I believe that the majority of suffering that exists on this planet is internal. And we just happen to uh, have a belief and have a proven approach to really help people see themselves differently, so that they can actually move through the stuff that's typically kept them stuck.
1: All right. So, you know, the obvious question, by the way, I like what you said, because it's internal. You know, it says in the Bible that warfare is, you know, in the mind, right? It's the, is your mindset is so important. And I've uh, read a lot about trauma and I've read a lot lot about PTSD and complex PTSD. So, so um, I don't know if that's where you're going with all of this, how that started, but, but let's, let's dive in. And the, the first question is, how, how the heck did you get into all that? And yeah. why, what's so, the motivation, I mean, what's your There's, why, there's lots Brian?
2: and lots and lots of turning points, but you know, I'll, I'll take you back to the, the very first one that yeah. honestly yeah. was what I believed used to be my transformation story. I've learned later that it wasn't my actual transformation story, but it, but it is one that created a bunch of the trash from my past. And so I'll give you an expedited version and I just wanna transport you to, I'm, I'm at Walmart with my mom and my brother getting a one inch paintbrush. I was seven years old. We get to our car. Anyone who's known me for more than two minutes knows that I walk fast, I talk fast, I've got a vigor and excitement for life. So I was the first one there. I wanted to get home. This was back in the days before key fobs. So I had to wait for my mom to literally stick her hand in the purse, grab the keys, stick it in the door, turn it so we could go on with our way. And as I was waiting there for her to do that, a truck pulls up in front of the store and parks and the driver and middle passenger get out. Passenger all the way to the right. Felt the truck moving backwards. So Jim, he did what either one of us would do or anyone would do and scoot over to put their foot on the brake. But he instead Mm. hit the gas combination of shock and force threw him up on the steering wheel up on the dashboard. And before you know it, he's going 40 miles an hour across the parking lot, right at me with no time to react. I turned my head and it's right there. And so he goes up and over the median up over the tree in the median, hits our car, knocks me over, runs over me diagonally, tearing my spleen and leaving a tire track scar on my stomach and continuing on to completely tear my left arm from my body. Mm. the next the next thing my mom hears and this was august 10th 1992 six ten p.m 115 degrees and she hears my brother say mom brian's arm is over there mm. and as she looks up to see where he's pointing 10 feet away she sees the trail of muscle that's cooking like hamburger on the parking
1: lot. Mm.
2: now I'm here because of my mom in so many respects, but I also have to always honor the person who really saved my life that day. There was a nurse that walked out of the store right when that took place, and she saw the literal life and limb scenario that took place right in front of her. And I've always said I was forever indebted to this woman for her choice to go into action, but I didn't realize the power of that statement until I actually met her for the first time on the 30th anniversary last year. And I learned that she had a friend with her who was also a nurse, who had the same level of training, who witnessed the exact same thing who went on with her day. And I wanna be really clear, she had every right to do that. There's no negative energy, uh, emotions, or anything towards that woman, but, but to only further impress upon the point that I'm making around the power of a singular moment and an action that we can take, that has a ripple effect for decades and hundreds of millions, if not billions of lives. Right? Her, her inability to even separate herself from the moment. When I talked to her, I said, why did you do it? She said, I didn't even think, I just acted. She came over mm-hmm. and stopped the bleeding on the main wound and saved my life instructed some innocent bystanders to run inside, grab a cooler, fill it with ice, and bring it out to get my detached limb on ice within minutes. Had she not done one or both of those things, Jim, I either wouldn't be here with you today or I'd be here with you today with a cleaned up stump. That's just the reality. Yeah. Now I know that my story is extremely unique, right? I, I mean, ha- I, I, I'd have to be completely unaware to know how unique my story is. But in all the thousands of times that I've told it, what I also have learned is that every single one of you, every single one of us has a unique story. What's Mm -hmm. important is that we learn to pause and become aware of the lessons we can extract from our stories so that we can become intentional, in applying them in our lives moving forward. And we all have the ability to do that. And we also all have the ability to tap into the collective wisdom of other people's stories to shorten our own curve to learning. So regardless of the extremity of your story, your story matters and the deepest lessons exist in your stories. The only way to identify and room out the trash is to understand the intellectual and emotional narratives that exist in the stories and examples that have taken place in your life and be able to decouple them from the physical reaction of fight or flight that your body is consistently in because of these conditioned emotional triggers, behavioral patterns, and environmental conditioning that keeps all of us stuck. Right? It's literally the power is within you because all the treasure in your world is also formed because of all that trash pressure. And it's buried in there. It just requires you to have to dig in and look for it. And we have a way to actually guide people through that. But that's that's legitimately like the power of my story is a variety of things. And we'll get into some of those lessons. But the very first one is I learned not to get stuck by what has happened to me, but instead get moved by what I can do with it. And I've learned that moved people, moved people, or moved people, move people. Right. And so if move people, move people, I'm just trying to move as many people as I can, because collectively we will get to that billion lives impacted. Right.
1: Right. That's very cool. You know what? Uh, something you said about the past is there's uh, a great saying that a friend of mine uses all the time. He says, I've given up all hope of a better path. And so, you know, like when when you ch- when you're challenged, my favorite quote the way that I learned the quote was adversity introduces a man to himself. Now, that's, I'm sure it was written a long time ago, but adversity introduces a person to themselves. And that's, that statement is so true in so many ways because you don't know who you are until you face adversity. And you don't, need, need to know, you don't know what you need to work on or where your strengths lie. And that's really all, like in my mind, I need to know where my strengths lie What's my unique ability? And then everything else I can, I can find somebody else to do, honestly, right? But, but yeah. if i never had that adversity, then I wouldn't know the things. You know, you talk about the triggers and uh, there's a great book on complex, complex PTSD by Peter Walker. And he says that there's, there's, you know, there's all these different, when we get triggered, there's four responses. Everybody thinks there's fight or flight, like you said but there's also fawn and freeze right and that's a fact that is a fact yes yeah and so if you think well i'm not i'm not fighting and i'm not and i'm not running what am i doing it's it's only one of those two no but the other two are so important but but um i don't want to go down that rabbit hole but so i really like what you said uh the i'm a i'm a I'm a, uh, what'd you say? I'm a heart surgeon without a scalpel, right? Is that a what you said? A heart surgeon without a blade, yeah. Without a blade. And I like that because, you know, uh, again, uh, I'm not, I, in my belief system, it says it's all, you got to guard your heart because your heart creates your um, thoughts and your thoughts create your actions, right? That says that in the Bible. So uh, talk about your heart. I mean, unless you want to go back again. I mean, like, like, like. So growing up like that and having your arm, you had to go through how many surgeries for that? Twenty-four. Yeah, I was gonna say it can't be just all right. It's all good. Yeah. Have uh, 24, you Twenty-four know,
2: years of therapy, years of of. I mean, three days a week. Yeah. Let me give you a little bit more color on my story, yeah. and then let's jump yeah. into yeah. some of those other pieces because I think it's really important. And your question. Um, I I know where you're going, and I absolutely promise you it will close the loop, and we'll get there. Because here's the reality, right? Like, I come out of the hospital, and I very quickly had to stand in my own truth, because I am in a sling with a teddy bear right here, because my arm has to be at 90 degrees so the humerus will heal. And inevitably what happens I get asked everywhere oh what happened to you because I'm this cute seven-year-old little boy with a broken arm and a teddy bear in between which just draws even more attention and inevitably I would answer the question I was run over by a truck and my left arm was torn off and nine out of ten times their jaw would hit the ground and then they'd pause and they'd immediately turn and they'd immediately turn and in this case what they're doing is looking to my parents for validation because they didn't believe the story I just told them Right. So at seven, I started to become very aware that the majority of people weren't even believing my truth, my own story, right? Yeah. So what did I do? I started to create my own and hide the real one, right? I just didn't know it at the time. The other thing that started happening is every single one of those same people started viewing me through their lens of what they'd be capable of in my situation, immediately limiting me and telling me what my future is going to look like and what I am and I'm not going to be able to do and the quality of life I'm going to have. And I remember at seven reacting to that like, no, no. <laughs> You're not going to yeah. tell me that shit, right? Right, right. And yeah. so what happened, I created this, this an unbelievable mindset. And I want to be really clear when I say this. Mindset, I believe, is one of the most important things. You said it early in the call. But it can also yes. be a fatal flaw if we are not connected at a deeper level. Because here's what happened. My mental toughness, my narrative was this. Brian's good. Brian's strong. Brian's capable. He can do anything himself. And what the world added was, oh, and he'll ask for help if he needs it. That was never my narrative though. Fast forward to 20, fast forward to 20 after having accomplished a ton of things like overcoming adversity and belief systems and a lot of it trying to just prove it to myself frankly, right? Mm -hmm. I show up and I'm snowboarding and I re-break my left arm in the same spot that it came off at, I almost lost it again. Mm. Went 10 months with it hanging by my side because I had seven surgeons who were afraid to touch me. A multitude of different treatments that I knew wouldn't work because the physiology of my arm is different than a normal arm, the, the anatomy's all different. There's no way it would heal under normal conditions. And so 10 months with it hanging by my side, and here's, here's what happened. It was the, one of the darkest, deepest, like loneliest, isolating, depressed states of my entire life. I went from this active, like vivacious, fun-loving, athletic, playing guy, I put 40 pounds on in 10 months. I was eating away all of my, my, my truth, all of my reality, And the reality of it is is I was bottled up so tight that my parents didn't even know how much I was suffering and I had tons of friends, tons of family and no one was there. And -hmm. again, I want to be really clear. This has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with me. They just believed the power of my narrative. Brian's good. Brian's strong. Brian's capable. Brian can do anything himself. And if he can't, he'll ask for help. But here's the truth. I didn't have the courage in my most vulnerable period at that point in my adult life to actually ask for help. Right. So I started to look inward and I shifted towards this concept of human connection. Well, if I get really good at connecting with people, then maybe I won't be so lonely next time. Right. Cause I'd clearly blocked a lot of this stuff out. So fast forward, I'm focusing on vulnerability and authenticity, which I believe are the glue that binds human connection and getting really good at getting people to open up and I could get their walls down and we could enter in and have a really meaningful conversation. But I didn't have a model for chasing who I am in the world, I did have a model for chasing what? What house, what car, what amount of money, what amount of success, what pretty wife, da 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 da, da, da right? So what did I do? I chased that because that's the model I had. So I'm now 27, I wake up and we had already built an eight to $10 million business at this point, ultimately was in it until it was 15. I had all more money than I ever thought I was gonna have in my life, way more success than I wanted, the title, the prestige, all of this, And then all of a sudden I wake up and I'm in circles with people making multiple six figures, seven figures and eight figures. And I'm not the only one that's isolated alone and still broken. And I realized that I chased all the what, but it cost me who I was. And the last 11 years I've been rebuilding. What I'll tell you is two other really important things happened over that period of time. My daughter, when she was two, changed my life because we were playing and laughing We lay down on the couch. She puts her arm around my neck. She kisses me on the cheek, and she says, Dada, I love you. And I started crying, like pure tears of joy. And as I sat in that moment and just really absorbed it, what I started to realize is that if if I'm feeling joy in this way and I've never felt it this way before, then every other emotion has been pale in experience as well. Human connection without emotion isn't really human connection. You see, that's when I started to understand the value of the heart and typically the hardest journey for most people to follow. And I don't remember the philosopher that quoted this, but it's the 18-inch journey from the head to the heart. It might be Lao Tzu. And the reality of it is is I had gotten so much armor, so much protection that was further disconnecting me because I was hiding the trash from my past that I didn't know was there, and I didn't know how to move through. I had a deep level of shame and a deep level of anger that almost cost me everything. 2019, my wife challenges me to leave and to go chase this. I was flooded in fear, drowning in doubt, swirling in my shame. But she went on to tell me this, honey, I think you've allowed fear to enter into your world in a way I've never seen you operate. I think you've convinced yourself we need the money, the status, the prestige, the financial security. And she said, I'm here to tell you, if we live in a cardboard box on the corner, we needed 100% of you and we don't have it. She said, I also know that you're dying a little bit inside every day you live in insurance and you light up every time you're coaching and speaking and you're not coming close to scratching the surface of your potential, nor having the impact on the world I know you're capable of and desire. So what if we took a double down on that bet and went and did it? So that's what i did 2020 i leave to go literally pour into the world to help them get back to the core of who they are and then april of 2021 just less than a year later my wife and i are sitting on the back patio and she goes on to tell me that things that i'd done early in our relationship patterns that i'd created ways i was still showing up had created dynamics that had caused her to lose who she was that mm. was a dagger to the heart and why i tell you that is is there that pushed me to a different level of depth understanding and pain because i went from believing i was in the best place in my marriage i would ever been in to not knowing if i'd be married for another 30 days largely because of the anger that we'd unpacked that was buried so deep it could barely be excavated and so i had to go through a different process of healing and understanding which is now the five pillars of what we teach But the whole reality of it is is that I knew at that time, and as I started to move through emotions, that it's not just mindset. Because if we don't actually connect our head and our heart, understand how to create the alignment in that space, if we do not feel, we do not heal. In fact, there's 40,000 brain-like cells that have cellular memory in the heart. They're called sensory neurites. And it's been Mm -hmm. shown and proven that if you just intellectually process your thoughts, your traumas, your past alone, that you don't actually escape the patterns and heal from it because until it's embodied and felt at a cellular level, these 40,000 cells don't heal and move. And so it's about the head and the heart, but it's really about really all of the aspects of physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self. And what I realized is that when I shut off physical pain because it exceeded my ability to cope, I shut off emotional pain, spiritual pain, and mental pain for 20 to 25 years. And that's what I've been spending the last 11, repairing, rebuilding, and breaking generational patterns.
1: wow that's very cool i mean very cool that you discovered this i'm sitting here thinking at 37 it's pretty amazing that you've done that you have this enlightenment obviously it's part of your unique gift your unique ability and that uh i I love that you're going out and doing something uh with it and um it's very cool so i start to think again i think that's really important because you know, um, I think that most people that, that, that we are kind of in awe of overcoming trauma, right? It's, oh, you know, they overcame, you know, they, they overcame trauma and look at them now, right? Yep. And, and, and it is easier to the mental side of that, but the, the, uh, we, we kind of tend to measure them based on some of the things that you said. Well, you know, they grew up poor, now they're wealthy. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. you know, uh, you know, like it's it's a measuring stick, right? Now, mm-hmm. we teach people how to be, what, to create wealth. But to me, it's, it's money gives you choices, choices give you freedom. I don't know what you're going to do with your freedom, right? And so I'm only going to give you the choice. I'm going to help you learn how to give the choice. All right, Brett. Brian- Brian, there's so many questions I could ask you. And you know, they tell me that, you know, a podcast should only be so long, but I think I could probably talk to you about this for like three hours, right? <laughs> um because what it, how do you think that you discovered that connection? Like, I mean, I get that those things that happen and then you got it, but I mean, there's gotta be more to it than that because there's a lot of people that this happens to that doesn't. That don't make those connections. A lot of people that have that talk with with um, their wives. A lot of people that have that. But you know, it was you know maybe it was the accident and then the accident and again. You know, like in my system or again in my belief system, I would say, okay, what is God trying to teach me that I didn't? <laughs> okay, God, hey Jim, you didn't get that. You know, but I mean, I I don't think it's I don't think it's I I, I wouldn't go there in, in my head. So like what. What is, where is that insight? You know, you said your mom uh, was very important to your success and in your life. Um, And you're a young guy. So I assume your mom is still uh, uh, in your life? Still alive. Yep. Yep. Both my mom and my dad are. Yep. That's good. That's good. I like to talk, you know. uh, uh, And so, yeah, where's that insight? What do people need to know? Because so many people that have trauma... Right, whether it's trauma like that, um, or it's uh, you know a multitude of things that happen to them over their lifetime, um, it creates PTSD. Right, I mean, you had to have dealt with some of that along the way. But everything that teaches you about PTSD is how to react to those triggers. Right, when you feel when you feel fight, flight, fawn, or freeze. Okay. Here's 13 different techniques. Yeah. This is Peter Walker's system. Here's 13 techniques yep. to overcome that. So, but what you're talking about is deeper than that. I mean, and I love when you said, you know, mindset, because we talk about mindset, people um, and, and you said you were in insurance. I don't know what capacity or if you were like a financial planner or something, but um, is, you know, the mindset of wealth in this country is Build up all this money and do a money pool, then live off it for the rest of your life and hope that you don't run out of money. Which yep. that's not how you create wealth, by the way. Um, that's how you create slaves, financial slaves, yeah. and they're and and we're you know they're really good at that. But how you create true wealth is doing what you want to do when you want to do it uh, at thirty-seven or at fifty-seven, yeah. right? And people sometimes say to me because I live in Southwest Florida, you live in Arizona. Hey, Jim, uh, you know, how many more years do you think you'll do what you're doing? And I go, well, until I graduate from this world, like, I'm not going to retire. Why would I retire? I like what I do. You know, I still play golf. I still play tennis. I still, which I'm learning. Uh, I do what I want to do when I want to do it anyway, now. Yeah. So how long do I want to, you know, how long do I want to do what I'm doing now? Um, I like to say 57. Brian is about halfway. So I guess for another 57. You know, so I know I, I asked a few questions in there. Maybe I didn't ask any of them clearly,
2: but- uh, You did, you did. So let me, let me I'll, I'll pick yeah. up the pieces that I think are most relevant in terms of like the yeah. response here. Cause I think you, you did, you packed a whole lot in there that I think is really important. You know, I think I, I need to start with the first question which was really like, where does that inspiration and insight come from? And yeah. you, you know, I have to acknowledge one element about myself that has always been true which is, I have always not had an off switch, okay? Nice. And I have always in my life been the guy that wanted to push the limits of what I was capable of in every possible way, but I only had a model for what that looked like externally as it relates to my physical body and then financial success, which were the two categories that I crushed it early because I just chased it, but I had no connection to self on everything else like I talked about before. Right, And I think that my story, though though it sounds like the trauma is what did it, it, it is, because it amplified pieces, but what I experienced isn't necessarily unique to me, right? I mean, so many of us, you're, you referenced the granddaughter, right, which means you've got kids and you know exactly what I'm going to say, which is that I believe that we are born as our brightest, most authentic burning light, typically that we'll ever be. And then the world, parents, teachers, employers, and coaches start saying things like this, you should do that you shouldn't do that. You should want this. You shouldn't want that. You should have this house, this car, this amount of money, this kind of job, this kind of freedom. You should not look like that. Act like that. You should never behave like that. Show up. And that's, that's who you'll be. First Inform- and foremost, yeah, should is a shame-based word. It implies that whoever you are, whatever you're doing, it's not good enough right? And so what happens for so many of us, and myself, this was included, again, in that 13 years that I just had that intellectual narrative, I was being funneled down that path, and it took me forever to realize how armored up I had gotten. Because what did I do? I would feel like garbage inside, but I'd just have an extra drink, because then I'd blend in, right? I, I know that because of my body, I hate, hate, hate dress shirts and sport coats, because even when i get them altered they don't fit even when they're custom made they don't fit 100 they pull and i've spent way too much money on custom suits in my life because i believe that's what i needed in certain places in my life so that i could be accepted and fit in but i hated it it wasn't me it wasn't how i show up and so really i followed what the world told me to do push through push through don't feel don't show up with a smile like show up with a smile and don't 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 bring any kind of emotions or resistance into the world. Show up. So what do I do? I push through. And every time I push through, I started to push down. Here's what I believe. And I'll just describe this around the human experience. And if we have time to get to the pillars, we will. But I think this is the most important piece for people to hear. Okay. I believe that we as human beings and the human experience all seek and desire four things. To be safe, to be protected. And those are not the same thing to be seen and, un- seen and understood, and to be connected. These are the two that we want the most, to be seen, and understood, and connected, but if, they don't, if these first two don't happen, the last two don't either. So what happens? I just gave you an example. As soon as I walk in that room and realize that I need another drink and I don't have the right sport coat on, I don't feel safe or protected. What do I do? Right. Protect myself, okay? And here's what happens. We protect our hearts more often than we protect our minds, That's what we're hiding. We're hiding the pain, the insecurity, the places we don't want to be exposed. But Jim, let me ask you a question. You know those 35-gallon black trash bags that go in the outdoor bins? Unfolded in a square. I want you to imagine holding one up in front of you right now. Okay. Okay. I want you to tell me, how can you expect that anyone on the other side of that's going to be able to see you, understand you, know your heart, your desire, your intent, all of who you are, what you desire for others, how you're going to have it flow through, just how authentic and raw you are, delivered through an invisible force field. And that's assuming that they aren't holding their own that's further distorting it. But then we get mad when someone doesn't understand us or we get judged based on our intent or based on our actions, even though our intent doesn't align. And then we're like, wait a minute, you don't even understand me. When in reality, here's the real, once you put that armor up, the second you protect yourself, you guarantee that you will not be seen and understood and you will not be connected. So the more you protect yourself, the more you actually disconnect yourself. But nobody freaking looks at it that way, right? Right. So I had been disconnecting myself for so long. We teach this concept of protector and connector because there's two ways to lower your armor. You can either fabricate it and convince yourself you're safe right now, or you can process and heal through the shit that you're still vulnerable with over time so that you don't have to carry any armor to begin with. Right? Right. That one's just short-term, one's long-term, but how do we fabricate? Well, man, I can walk into that room and know that, well, the sport code doesn't mean anything really in terms of who I am and the value I bring, right? So if I'm not comfortable in it, then I'm not gonna be expressing my best self. And so what do I have to, okay, I gotta lower my armor. I'm now safe and I'm protected. I don't, have to, I don't have to exist in anything other than who I am. And now I can wrap a layer of protection around the environment I'm in to ensure that everybody is safe, everybody's protected, everybody's seen and understood, and everybody's connected. And I believe that as a man in particular, that's one of my roles in this life is to be a protector and connector in business and in life. And so the armor piece is crazy, but you know, there's two other things that trash does. And so I wanna help you understand this further in the human experience, okay? We know that as soon as you protect yourself, you disconnect yourself. Now I want you to imagine holding two fully loaded with yard debris bags of those 35 gallons in front of you, fully extended in your arms. How's that gonna feel? How long can you hold those? Not very long. And what's gonna happen the longer you carry it?
1: You get tired, you get weary, it's gonna hurt.
2: Gonna get heavier the longer you hold it, and it's going to yeah. incrementally crush you the longer it's there. And the reality of it is, is, your trash and your armor is the exact same thing. The longer you carry it, the more you push through and push down, the longer it's going to exist and show up in your life. And then there's two types of trash cans, just like there's two types of people in this world those with lids and those without. Those without lids, there's the, those are the people that walk in the room, right? And it's like, God. I got up late this morning and I wasn't able to get all this stuff done and I my dog got kicked and my truck was stolen and I don't know what I'm going to do with my life and they just bring everybody down like those energy vampires, right? Because their can's only yep. so big it can only hold so much and when they push down it's going to start overflowing and burying other people. Then there's people like me that had a lid on their can but mine had a seal on my lid and it had a lock. Nobody knew that I was carrying shit with me, right? But every time I push through and push down what am I doing? I'm building a trash bomb that's going to release trash shrapnel creating damage in my world, which will then guarantee additional energy to neutralize and diffuse the damage that I was created. So here's the thing about trash. And this is what I had to get myself to. This is the number one thing I think that keeps people stuck is when they raise their level of awareness around the things of their past and what they're doing, they typically just become more aware of all the ways they should be judging themselves until you can understand that the trash from your past is not your fault. It just becomes your responsibility once you become aware of it, or you start burying others in your trash. You can start to view it objectively and non-judgmentally, and until you get there internally, it'll never happen externally.
1: That's awesome, man. Uh, I I agree with you on so many levels that, uh, and I, like I said, I could. It's kind of hard for me to figure out the next questions because there's so many questions to talk about with everything that you just said, but. So that I'm sure that we're going to be able to tell people how to get more information. Let's yep. tackle those pillars because I'm curious. Yep. I want to know what the pillars are. You know, I don't want to go, cool. you know, I don't want to in the middle of the interview, start typing your your email or your web address in there so that I can
2: see what the pillars are. So <laughs> I, got you, I, got I got you. I <laughs> got you. Let's so, let's hit so let's the pillars. and Let's all hit them. Right. And I, I'm going to warn all the listeners. I'm going to go through this fast. So if you need to slow me down when you're listening to the podcast, go for it. I know I talk fast to begin with. Cause I want to deliver as much value to you as I possibly can in the time that we have. So five nice. pillars, these are not necessarily linear. They are all important. I view them more like an infinity that's got to weave in and out of itself over time as you go through them because they all have different applications. So as long as everybody can hear that, no, this is not linear, but they are all important. There is one though, that's required before any of the others can happen. And it's the topic of awareness. Okay. Now I want to be really, really clear. And on the point that I just ended with, this is not, just becoming more aware of all the ways that you should be judging yourself because awareness is about extracting about how you feel the narratives and lessons that are tied to your experiences that allow you to see you more clearly awareness has to exist before we can do anything else it's it's a fact so i had to become aware that i operated from a position of shame in my business that kept me from attracting some of the financial rewards that I would have had if I didn't have that broken relationship, right? I had to become aware that shame caused me to change sometimes who I was, even in the professional setting, because I could line up a multi-billion dollar client that could be paying us a half million dollars a year, orchestrate all the relationships, get all the decision makers to the table, and then I'd bring my team in, and then they'd say inevitably, Brian, you can't talk so fast, you can't talk so loud. And I like believed it, even though I had run all the other meetings up to get us to this point. And I would then what? (laughs) Shrink down, bite my tongue, right? I'd like all of a sudden feel like my words don't matter, even though that, again, I was the one that drove it all. I couldn't accept it. I couldn't receive it because they were older than me and they were telling me how it was in the business. It just was what it was, right? I had to become aware of the fact that my wife would ask me a simple question like this. Hey, honey, what are we gonna do to the kids this weekend? Simple question. My shame filter would cause me to hear it this way hey, honey, you've not done enough to be a good husband and father here recently, so what are you gonna do for, to make up for it this weekend? Immediately, I'm now defending something. I get like anger stirring up inside of me. I feel my heart rate. I feel my, my armor rise, and I rattle off the 10 things I've done in the last few days to show her I've been a good husband and father. That wasn't even what she asked. If I can't become aware of these things at the highest level in how they show up in my world, then I can't move through them. So that's what, that's what awareness is about it's it's again objective non-judgmental the second pillar is ownership and this is actively accepting your part or your responsibility for your issues in life business relationships and health blame and shame are completely off the table because this is about perspective seeking right i had to own the fact that it was my actions and reactions and moments that had put me in the positions that caused me to feel like garbage i had to own the fact that even though I was pouring into the world to help them become who they were, that same energy applied on the negative frequency side of energy has the ability to destroy people. And I almost crushed my wife and my kids without even seeing it. So once I became aware of it, I had to own that. And part of ownership is repair. So when you actually create damage, it's also creating repair, right? So in those scenarios where I have a reaction and blow up, like if I don't own it in the moment with that person or even after the moment, How do you neutralize and diffuse the energy? You don't. And so ownership is also historical repair. So when we sat on that back patio and we discovered anger, I cleared my calendar for the next 10 days. I gave my wife my phone and I said, I don't want this phone unless it's an absolute emergency for my family, yours. I don't wanna talk to anybody unless I'm gonna be in this list. I got really centered, I got really focused, but three days after, I went and had breakfast with her parents. And I took ownership for the fact that I had been responsible for creating a void in the relationship I had with them, that I wasn't living as the husband, man, and father that their daughter and their grandkids deserved. And I'm a great dad, trust me, like I've always been a good dad, but I had these moments that would take all of that away because they were the intensity and damage was so strong. And so I had to sit there and what did her dad do? He's a third degree black belt, like I'm sitting there, mm-hmm. like he could, I mean, I've known always that if I ever really hurt his daughter, I'd probably be dead. Right, and what does he say? Cool, all that sounds great. You talk too much, show me. The world does they never, never will judge you based on your intent. They will always judge you based on your actions. So I'm proud to say in over two years, it's only happened, the negative effects of anger have only impacted our house as a result to me five times. And it's not happened in probably nine months, and none of them were even close to the severity they were before. We've completely reversed our world. We've broken generational patterns, set reverse boundaries with other family members, but it had to come into a position of ownership to be able to do that. Unpacking is the part that most people hate because unpacking requires you to sit in your trash and it's feeling for the purpose of healing. So allowing yourself to feel the trash from your past and understand physiologically how it shows up in your body. Because the point here is not to have judgment, but to sit in it only long enough until it points you out what's important. Now I say physiologically in your body, right? Most people are like, how do I know if I even have garbage? How do I get awareness and ownership to know that? Who was the last person who made you feel like garbage? If you feel anything, you've got garbage, I promise you. And by the way, all of us do. But when you come to this point of unpacking, right, the then question is, okay, when you felt like garbage, how did that feel in your body? Most people label it with an emotion or a descriptor like, oh man, I felt anxious, or I just felt heavy. No, 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 those are labels, those are just, that's not, physiologically what's happening, what's happening in your heart rate, what's happening to your respiration rate, what's happening to your jaw, do you lock up in your neck? They're like, look at what's happening in your body, because again, there's signs that exist there, but that's how you also start to understand how your body freezes, fights or flights, and then I forgot what the last one was, but I, I, know, I know it's accurate, you had said oh, it before. Yeah. Fun. Fun. And yeah. so the reality of it is, is, until you understand how your body is reacting in those moments, again, I don't care what you say. If you're in any one of those four, you're reacting, you're not responding. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we have to unpack it. This is where we do most of the healing because this is where we unpack the intellectual and emotional narratives that have shaped the, our belief systems that cause us to believe that everything we're reacting to is what's right in front of us versus the trash from our past. So mm-hmm. the fourth step is flip the lid. This isn't flip your lid and get angry. Okay. this is literally flip up in the lid and see what's risen to the top. Literally lay out your trash in the light. What emotions and thoughts are running through you right now? List them out now without any attempt to rationalize. And this is about separating the fight or flight fun or (laughs) freeze Freeze. in the moment so that you can respond instead, because when you respond, you don't create damage. So what does flipping the lid look like? Well, it can be done two different ways at the end of the day. Everybody in their house takes out the trash almost every single day, but very few people actually scan their own can to see what's actually come into their world in that day. What made them feel this? What are they putting into their subconscious mind and their dreams through memory consolidation that they don't even realize they're carrying forward and further ingraining the patterns that they exist in? Right? So flipping the lid is, at the end of the day, I can see what are those moments that I felt off today? What like what was the narratives around them? How was I actually processing through those? Where 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 was I having ownership in that situation? So that I can start to seek truth and again, take out what isn't going to serve me moving forward. Because the last pillar is move. And this one's the most important because this is where we break the patterns. Move is how does it move in your body? How does it move in your world? And how do you move through it? How it moves in your body, I gave you two examples. Shame moves through my body two different ways. causes me to shrink down, caused me to lift up. I've got shame that moves through my body five or six different ways that I'm aware of. And anger moves through my body five or six different ways that I'm aware of. But until you understand the patterns of how that shows up in your body, how do you catch yourself in the moment? Right? So when you understand how they move through your world and the ripple effect of moving through them, what they move through your world in is those moments that trigger you. I mean, I, I've got two little chihuahuas cause my wife loves little dogs. And every time the doorbell rings, trust me, that triggers me like crazy. It puts me on edge, <laughs> but that's not anger. It's not shame. It feels like it, it shows up the same way, but I have to be able to dispel that energy that's not from my family, not from my kids, not from my business, but just from the energy being raised in the room. Because if my son with autism or my daughter jumps in my lap and all of a sudden I have a reaction because I'm on edge, they've paid for it, not me, right? So when you can understand how it moves through your world, you can start to understand and match how it moves through your body and how it moves in your world. I.e., you literally create a matrix that allows you to have a three-dimensional world that you get to move through. Because when you can understand this and you can move through it, things like this now can happen. Flipping the lid can happen in a moment as well, and this is how you move through it real time. Now my wife can say something, and if I feel triggered, I can say, hey, babe, I don't think I heard you correctly because I'm feeling a little bit of energy and I don't think that I, I, I was able to absorb it. Can you please restate it? And I'll try to neutralize my energy, and if for whatever reason I'm, I can't, maybe we can pause and revisit this later so that we don't create damage. Movement is about even doing this real time, having awareness, ownership, being able to unpack and flip my lid in this moment so that I can take ownership real time for what's about to happen or make sure that it never does. Then I don't have to spell extra energy to create repair. And that's how we create some freedom in our lives.
1: I love those pillars. Those are uh, amazing. Um, You know, one thing you said, about uh, like when somebody says something to you and you start to feel an emotion about it, the thing one of the things that I learned that I thought works really well is, you know, hey Brian, I'm not sure what you meant when you said this, but this is how it made me feel, exactly. and I just want to like I'm sure that's not your intent to make me feel like that. So um, let's talk about you know like you know. And so yeah. it's because normally when people say something and the way we take it, we they don't that's not their intention. Of that comment, but we take it a certain way, and I think again being, being delivered and received I through think,
2: armor, typically, right? Right, and so so
1: it depends on where you're at and dealing with your stuff that day, or struggling struggling with your triggers, right? And where's our and are we responding or reacting exactly what you said? Because there's four reactions to uh, triggers, but there's 13 responses according to again. This uh, psychologist that I think has written the most the, a, a really great book on 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 this, and I like I said I've read a lot about it, but but I think that you you also w- when you what I want to talk about, and I think Brian, we're going to have to wrap up, and then I'd like to have you on again because I want to talk to you about how all of these things prevent people from having everything in their life that they really want yeah. to have. And, and I think when I ask you, because the next question I'm going to ask you is, how do you serve people? Because I don't have to ask you if you do, do serve people because I already know the answer to that because that's what you're doing. That's what you're passionate about. Because I was thinking in the beginning, where is this passion coming from? What's happening? But it's, you said, impact, which is a big word, by the way, impact. And it's we once you have money, once you have um, confidence, once you have healing, then you don't need any, I mean, you, you, we constantly heal, I believe, but w- you you want to have impact on other people because when you have that confidence, when you have wealth, when you have that, you say, hey, I want to teach you how to have that too, yeah. right? And again, I don't mean wealth like just money because that doesn't mean anything. I know a lot of people, I know billionaires that are miserable, miserable yep, people. Okay? <laughs> and And so, and I know people that don't have any, uh, they're not rich at all by anybody's standard, but they are wealthy, wealthy people, and and I respect them like you. You wouldn't believe. Everybody has their own definition of that and their own kind of place where they're going to be happy. But how do you serve people if somebody's out there thinking, Brian, man, I am tracking with what you're saying. All right, how can you help me do that?
2: Yeah. So I'll point everyone to resources for the sake of time, because I know we're going to wrap here in a few minutes. Um, what I can tell you is, is that this is an area that I've also created even more intentional congruence in my life in the last year. Because I've said for a long time that I want to create the impact of a billion lives, but I didn't always have solutions that were zero or very low barrier of entry from a financial reason for people to get the help they need, right? Mm-hmm. I'm four or five multiple figures for many people to access me in a one-to-one or working with organizations. And so that's why I want to highlight the the most accessible for people. Um, We clearly do one-to-one coaching. We've got group stuff. We have all these different things, but the two solutions that we've created to make sure that everyone can get the help they need and to dip their toe in the water of this is that we built an app that is a challenge that is called the take out your trash challenge. We run them every single month. And so far this year, There have been over 15,000 positive actions taken by people to identify and remove the trash from their past that was keeping them stuck. It's eight days, eight dollars, infinite impact. There's micro lessons and it can be consumed at any point in the day. I say this because anyone can do this and the connection and community that's created through it is unbelievable because you understand the human experience that we're all going through together. And we've done this for organizations as well, for specific teams and those types of areas. But this challenge is great. It gamifies it. And then we've also got our community that we work in, and it's a true vulnerable and authentic community where we do hot seat coaching every single week around these topics that are limiting people in their sales, their business, their growth, and their entrepreneurial journey. And the reason I tell you about it is because 30 days, anybody can come in for free, and then it's $44 a month afterwards. And I wanna be really clear, I'm not pitching either of these. I'm trying to stake something in the ground to say, I want nothing from you, $8 for the app, but come to our community for free. And if it's not the right fit, not in alignment, you'll know. But you can find us at brianbogert.com on the web. Or if you're on social media, we're at Bogert Brian on any channel. And we truly want to help. That's my drive, man. I've been dark. I've been miserable. I've been isolated. I've been disconnected. I've been angry. I've been stuck. I also know what it's like to be filled with joy, freedom, and fulfillment on the other side of it. I want no one to live over here anymore. And I want everyone to live over here because it's not a competition. Every one of us has access to it.
1: All right. So, you know, Brian, we have a community to create Tailwind um, and it's a community of helping people learn how to have uh, financial freedom. And because and, I, I believe that part of the reason that people don't ever take out their trash is they go to work, they come home, they're stressed out they're and and they don't have freedom in their lives and they and they're not happy going and working for someone else or they're not happy. And it doesn't matter how much money they make, by the way. Is, is, and, and, and so we're teaching one aspect of it. We don't teach the aspect of it that you're teaching. You're bringing something. Now, I have this bigger picture, this really big picture of there's so many people in the world today that aren't, that say, well, you know what, again, I'm 57. I was told to work hard in school, get a job, work really hard, build up this pile of money. And then, you know, and, and it's all a fallacy because what, um, what I want to teach people to do is you don't have to go to college. If you don't know what you want to do in college, don't go. But guess why you go? There's no alternative. So yeah. I think that all the alternatives and things that we need to teach people are in a lot of the, classics, the classic books like Think and Grow Rich, uh, the, yeah. the Richest Man in Babylon, The Magic of Thinking Big. I, mean, I could go on and on and on for an hour on different books. Um, and, and I hated school, but I loved to learn, right? And, yeah. and I really believe in education, but I want to give somebody an option. And I want to create this, this path to teach you to become a business owner Teach you to become an entrepreneur. Teach you in and so a kid 18 years old coming out of high school can say, Hey, I'm not going to college. I'm going, I, I have another out path. But along that path, there has to be healing and there has to be the things that you're talking about too, because you won't get out of your own way if you don't clean that up as you're going, right? And yeah. I think you can, and in my doesn't mind, fix you can it. do it. Money doesn't fix it. Yeah. Your parents can't throw money at it. You can't throw money at it. it It money does not fix it. And you know, uh, uh, so, so those are a couple of things, but, uh, like I said, you know, they always tell me a hey, podcast can only be a certain length, but if anybody has stopped listening to this episode, you've made a big mistake and we got to get you to take out your trash. Cause I don't know what made you hit pause. But if you hit pause, when, if you started this episode and you're not still with us, something's wrong. Okay. So, and uh, then we'll, I'll pay for you to go see Brian to fix it. Like I said, I want to have you back on because I want to talk about. Let's do it. What, Let's do it. What I said earlier is, but as we wrap this up is if God came down from heaven, Brian, and he only allowed you to retain the knowledge that you've received from one book that you've read, what would it be? I have two? you can have two. God right. likes you. So he, you can have to
2: the obstacle of the way by or the obstacle is the way by Ryan holiday. Love one of it. my favorite quotes in there is there is no good or bad without us. There's the event that happens and the story. We tell ourselves about it. Yeah. And the second book is mindset by Carol Dweck. And the reason yep. I think this one is so critical is again, it's not just about the mindset because there's a lot of embedded language in there. Go to page 157 in the book. And there's language that actually teaches you how parents teachers coaches and employers actually are perpetuating either the fixed or the growth mindset in their language from as early as when kids are, are tiny. And so just like the word should, this book is very powerful in helping people understand how to get people moving.
1: Two great books, by the way, two books that I love, uh, as well. And mindset, uh, one of the things that I like, uh, as, as you learned earlier, I'm raising a 14-year-old granddaughter. And when she came home in fourth grade or fifth grade and she told me she was reading that book as a class, I was so impressed with the teacher. I was like, I got to contact that, that teacher because that might be the most important lesson. That she, I, I guarantee it's the most important thing she learned in fourth grade. Yeah, But it might be in 12 years or whatever of education it might be the most important thing that she would learn in, 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 in that, in in her entire education process. But, uh, and, and I had a great mentor that, uh, he, uh, just passed away in 2019, but he would say he was from, uh, uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and everybody that's from the South, forgive me for what I'm about to do. But, uh, he would say, Jim, it's all about how you think. And, uh, you know, the first time yeah. he said that, I went, yeah, Nelson, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it's all about how you think. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I just kind of poo pooed it. And then he'd say, about the 50th time that he said that to me, "Yeah," I said, you know what? He's right. And, he and, and, you're, and, and whatever, however you think is what you're going to get. And for anybody out there that has not listened to The Strangest Secret on YouTube, 32 minutes long, if you're a woman, I apologize for Earl Nightingale before you listen to it because it's from the 50s and he's going to say, a man goes to work, okay? Just, just get past that because it's so good. We always end with the show every time the same way. We're going we're gonna to pass it off to Earl. The strangest secret. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now, let me say that again. We become what we think about.
0: Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.